Hello and welcome to the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the wall on hogs and everything hog hunting. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. Hope you're having a great day out there. I hope you had a great week. It has been a hot one down here in the south, but it looks like the so-called hell high is moving out east, and we could be seeing a chance of rain coming in. So it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be a lot of rain, but we'll take anything at this point. It's drying up quick. We've been having these little windy days of this hot, dry air, and it's just not been good. So... Coming up on harvest season should be making for some pretty interesting hog hunts. If you're a night vision thermal guy, pigs should be on the move as soon as those tractors get on the land. So looking forward to that. Got an update on the website. It is really close to being done. Um, I will give you a launch date, and you'll be able to check that out at trueconservation.org. That's where you'll be able to get all the information uh, for the tournament. You'll be able to sign up for the tournament and so on and so forth so we should have that up very soon it's looking very good um i just want to say thank you to everybody and their patience y'all have been y'all have been amazing we appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten from our guys within the tournament and we're trying to apply we're trying to make this as user-friendly as possible um obviously technology you know you could come up this whole game plan but unless you're an it wizard it's very difficult to make this make this run make this happen but uh we have listened to y'all and this is should be a lot easier to run should be a lot easier to use and uh same rules apply you know most hogs it's a hog hunting contest so We're allowing you to go out there in this tournament. You hunt your time, your land. Basically, as long as you're not breaking the law, you can hunt hogs any way you want, any way that you're successful. That's trapping, night vision, thermal, dogs, however you have success. The only thing that we are tweaking, and we've talked about this a couple weeks back, but the only thing that we're going to change isn't anything to do with the rules. It has to do with how you win. We want to give everybody a better chance at winning. Um, we felt like this tournament wasn't really growing simply because uh, there was a handful of guys that were just dominating. And that's that's awesome. We wanted to see that. We had a handful of guys that were really competing. And and they were they were checking that, that leaderboard. And if, you know, one person would take the lead by a couple of hogs, the other guy was out there hunting, you know, the very next night trying to catch up. And it was awesome. It was great to see. But there was a, only a – there's only a small group of people that were able to really compete when these guys were out there killing 40, 50, sometimes 60 hogs a month. And uh, we wanted to give everybody a chance. So what we are doing is we're kind of making it more of a raffle, except you can't buy extra tickets. It doesn't work that way. Your initial buy-in is your membership. You enter the tournament, you immediately have your name in this raffle. So say, for instance, there's 10 people that are in the tournament. If nobody kills a hog, you have a 10% chance of winning the prize that month. Um, but if you say you have, there's 10 people in and you kill five hogs, well, now you have six tickets on top of those other nine people that are in it. So your chances get better per hog. You kill a hog, you submit the hog through the tournament. It's all done on your cellular device, done all on the website. Um, so you submit your hog. We then look at your submission. If you followed all the rules, if you submit everything properly, we will approve that hog, and now you get another name in the hat for the drawing. So if you go out there and there's, say there's 10 of you signed up and, you know, one of the hunters kills 60 hogs, there's a really good chance that hunter is going to win. Um, that's just the way it is. But if you have everybody, if you have 10 guys go out and everybody kills 50 hogs, you still got the same chance 
as if nobody put one in before. So really looking forward to that. I hope it, I hope it works out for everybody. I just want to, as we've been talking on the board and everything, we want to give everybody a chance at winning. Um, obviously, the people that put in more effort are going to have a better chance at winning, but you still have that little bit of hope. And I, that's what I think we need to do to get more people involved, raise more awareness, uh, and really get true conservation off the ground and spread the word of what wild hogs are doing. And if you pay attention at all, you know that they're very destructive. If you Google, you know, pig bomb or, uh, you know, wild hogs in general, you will get page after page after page of some pretty extensive research that has gone into these things and all the bad that goes along with them. So uh, if you haven't done so, I highly encourage you to just go Google away and, and read up for yourself. It, you know, there have been so there's been so much research done on these these things. You you know everybody has a different number as far as total population, population growth in the years. But there's some really good maps out there that show the the last few decades and and their takeover of you know pretty much the United States. You know starting off down on the on the, the southern coast, working their way up east, and then just really exploding. And some really interesting information out there. I highly recommend you just just go whenever you got time. Flip your phone open, Google search it, and read. It's very, very interesting. So that's coming. Um, can't wait to get the tournament back up and running. We got Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza coming up uh, next month in August. Very excited about that. Um, we will be there as True Conservation, trying to get more people signed up in the tournament. So if you plan on going to any of those shows, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to be um, Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. Uh, come and check us out. I don't have a booth number for you yet. I'll have to get that information from, uh, from, from Dell. But we will be at all three shows as True Conservation. So come by, check us out. Uh, I'll be there. I can't wait. So we got, let's see. I'm going to be off tomorrow. We're going to go ahead, and a good friend of mine is going to be buying a, a brand-new deer feeder. We're going to drive up to San Antonio, pick it up, and uh, this weekend we're going to set up the feeder, get it filled. And He's already got a camera up. He's already got some deer and velvet showing up, which is really great. I think this is the earliest he's had his camera going and a very small piece of property that he hunts, but it is, it's showing a lot of promise um, in the last three years or so of him like really – putting work into it and so we're very excited about that he's taken quite a few hogs off this property it, it's been growing as far as uh his deer herd uh getting some more bucks coming in getting some more does it's been a work in progress but it's really cool to see in just the, the short amount of time with the effort that he's put into it uh how much it's helped the wildlife on that small piece of property um and that's really got me excited about going out and doing the same i've been putting it off it's been miserably hot um, and I just haven't had the energy to want to go out there and, and do a bunch of brush clearing and getting corn in the feeder and setting the cameras up, but it's time. And I've been lazy about it and I should have done it two months ago and I haven't, but, uh, here we are into July. I got to make it happen. So, um, spring was looking really good and then it just got miserably hot, uh, towards the end there. And it's looking like summer is going to be pretty brutal. But that's part of living down here in South Texas. But I, I've done food plots before. Um, I've had success with them. 
But when it comes to to hog hunting and, and my plan this year, not just hog hunting but deer hunting, I'm gonna probably take a much different approach. Um, last year was my first year bow hunting, and it was a very big learning curve for me. Um, I I got sniffed out more than a few times. I got busted just you know in plain sight. There was one one time where uh, drew my 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 arrow back and my bow creaked and spooked spooked a doe. I didn't get to shoot a doe last year, and um, that's gonna hopefully change. There was just a lot of things that happened that I was like, okay, um, made the mistake, learned from it. Hopefully, not do it again. But. I I did one thing last year. I was so like dead set on bow hunting that I didn't even like pick up the rifle until the end of season. And that was just me throwing the rifle over my shoulder, grabbing the bow, going, if that buck is like at 80 yards and I can't make that shot, I'm just going to shoot him with the rifle because I'm getting to the end of season. Um, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, I'm going to hunt bow season with a bow, and then I'm going to grab the rifle and probably hunt rifle season Um and, and there's a couple reasons behind that. So bow season can be big for me because I'm chasing a specific deer. Uh, we don't hunt the biggest property. So if I get on this buck, you know, I know some of the neighbors don't hunt, don't hunt with bow. It would be my golden opportunity to get him before anybody else can. Um, unless my brother takes a crossbow out, he will ha- have a shot at this deer too. But if my brother gets him, it's, it's hooping, hollering, high five. I'm excited because we've been watching this buck now. For three years, if we see them this year, it'd be year number four. That doesn't happen on small, low fence properties in South Texas. Not very often. So, pretty pumped up about that. We're gonna see how that goes. Um, but last year, you know, I, I was—I don't know what my mindset really was. I was very conservative last year, and I didn't think I was gonna be that way. I didn't plan on going into it that way in the beginning of the season. But I, I felt like I was a little too conservative. Um, my approach was was uh, my approach was bad to the stand. Um, won't do that again. Got to got to change that up. Uh, that hurt me to begin with. And then I just didn't. I don't know. I just there was a couple times I could have taken a, a doe really early, and I was still set on seeing a buck, and I wasn't sure. And I just really botched doe season with with the bow and i it was just awful i i i learned my lesson i was way too conservative i need to be a little bit more aggressive in fact just to fill the freezer um we got plenty of does hanging around the area i just couldn't really pick one out and then when i decided to they were they knew where i was at they were, they were sniffing me out they were busting me and um i just kept going to the same spot wasn't moving a stand i was just dead set on that tree and I just made just about every rookie mistake you could with a bow last year. I was successful. Uh, I did get my deer. I did shoot some pigs. It was a fun season. But, yeah, there's a lot to learn. So, going to change it up this year. I am going to hunt with a bow. And I hope I get I hope I hope get the buck of my dreams with it. If I can get this deer, uh, you know, shoulder mount all day long, going to be very happy with it. And, uh, you know, I'll be bragging about it here on the podcast. And I hope I get a bunch of pigs. But, Honestly, if it doesn't happen in bow season, I'm I'm going to take the 308 out and I'm going to sit in the box blind like a lazy hunter and I'm going to stay warm and honestly, I'm going to take my daughter out with me a lot this year. I wanted to do that more often and I just same thing. I I got selfish. I really wanted to hunt 
and hunt hard. And uh, I only took her out one time, and that's not going to happen this year. So I want to take her out on the good days and let her sit, let her enjoy it. She had a great time. We took a bunch of snacks. We saw a bunch of deer. It was awesome. And and, uh, if I want to make her a hunter, I got to start with her being young. And uh, honestly, you know, thinking about it, it, it would be just amazing for me to get a nice deer in front of her. I think that would really boost her her morale, make her want to spend a little bit more time in the woods. She likes deer. Um, she points them out. She's excited about hunting them. Um, I always got my, my little good luck kiss when I would go hunting. She'd always wish me luck. So uh, I'm going to try to take her out more this year and just enjoy the time in the woods because it's a lot different than – there's a lot more to hunting than just the kill, and I preach that on this show. Uh, what we do out in the woods has an impact, and it's not just the impact on on nature, not just the impact on, on animals like wild hogs and deer, but you know the ones that we take with us and introduce to it. My friend that's hunting that piece of property I was just talking about, you know, he got into it because he started hanging out with me and a couple other friends that like to hunt. We started taking the deer blind with us, and... Uh, he just he just got bit by the bug and and fell in love with it. He loved the atmosphere of it, loved the feel of it. You know, there's there's just something about sitting in the stand watching animals. It's just it's awesome. So he started watching videos and you know he took his first deer on our property. He he shot a doe. Um, we helped him clean it, got it on ice, helped him cut it up. He he ate it. He loves venison and now he is hunting his own property got his own blind he's had a feeder out there he started off with the, with the basic like hundred dollar feeder and now he's working his way up getting himself a nice one and we're going to get that set up and he got into you know checking his, his his game cameras and every time he checks it i get you know a bunch of text messages of these pictures and and it just it's awesome it's awesome to to have friends like that 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 share um to share that love, but also to know that, like, I, I, I take a little bit of credit for, for his passion in, in hunting. Uh, uh, I'll give all the credit to my other friend for his passion in fishing because he really helped out. Even though he, he fishes with me quite a bit, our, our other buddy really, really got him into fishing. And I think because of that, you know, without guys like that, he, he would probably never experience um, hunting and fishing in the outdoors like he has. And, and you know, it's cool because – as far as friends go, he, he was actually kind of more of a, more of the city boy out of the group um, just because he wasn't really – and he didn't even live in the city. He lived out in the country, lived on his 10 acres, but he never hunted it, wasn't introduced to it. And uh, it's just awesome to see, awesome to see. And, you know, you could take people like that and, and you learn from them because you, you could see through their eyes as a fresh hunter, you know. We tend to, you know, grow into our habits. We do things and – and to have somebody like look at a, a, a brand new situation and ask questions is it's a great thing. It really kind of makes you think, well, why am I why am I set up this way? You know, you got somebody going, Well, why'd you put your blind here and your feet are here? What's what's with the distance? Why not a little bit closer? Or, you know, you didn't think about putting a stand in that tree, what's wrong with that tree? And it just gets you to think a little bit more. And uh, you know, you you kind of question yourself as a hunter when you got somebody that that's picking you clean. They don't even realize it. So, uh, but excited about that. Excited about helping him out. Excited about hunting with him this year. That's one of my my plans this year is to sit in the blind with them. Um, he's talked about getting a bow. I don't know if he will, but if he does, we do plan on on do some tree stand sits together and try to get some pigs. Um, 
Oh my God. I'm just, I'm very pumped up about being in the blind, being in a stand again. Last year's hog hunts were, that was some of the best hog hunting I've ever been a part of hunting them with the bow, being that close, you know, to the point where you're hearing every grunt, every, every nibble of corn on the ground, they're getting, you could hear it crunch in their mouth and, you know, you could hear the squeal when the big boar would come and, and, you know, kick out the smaller pigs and to be able to draw back on that, that big boar and, and put one in them and hear that, that thud of that, that arrow sinking into them was, it was exhilarating. And it was just, I was hooked very, I'm, I'm hooked, but like I said, I'm, I'm going to hunt with a bow. I'm very excited about my bow, but I'm going to also be disciplined enough to go, okay, time to put meat in the freezer, put the bow down and go be successful. Um, Big buck this year. Is it going to happen? I have no idea. Will there be pigs put down? Guarantee it. I am going to put some pork down. Um, bought a little toy for my wife for her birthday. Uh, got her a little KitchenAid. And as I was looking at this thing, found out there's like meat grinders and sausage makers. And I got all that stuff. But how convenient is it to have it like just bam, bam, all in one? Doesn't take up a lot of space. Easy to wash. Easy to clean gonna be getting all that gonna start making some sausage this year um and to do so i need pork meat i don't like to buy pork meat because there's i don't know millions of pounds running around out in the woods so gonna be shooting my 308 again this year i think um i'm i'm gonna probably put off a year you know every now and then me and my brother will trade off on my dad's old 30 odd six just in memory of him Another rifle that I thought about pulling out, um, an interesting one that I actually killed, I think, my second deer with. My second deer I ever killed, little eight-point. It's actually a little forehead mount here in the shop. Um, I shot him with my dad's lever-action Marlin 44 Magnum. And uh, stainless steel, beautiful gun. Uh, I actually killed my first pig with it, too, um, with that rifle. So, very, very fond of that gun. Uh, thought about pulling that out a couple times. Um, I thought about even taking the 44 revolver with me to the stand during bow season and, and maybe maybe shooting a pig with that too. My dad was a killer with that thing. And it, so, all these old guns that he had, it's nice to pull them out. There's just a lot of memories with them. And every time I, I get to shooting one, it's like, wow, you know, I remember when he killed this with that, or I remember when, you know, we went and shot this day, and, and he let me shoot the 30-odd six for the first time, and it about blew my shoulder off. and Just really, really fond memories of, of all the guns. So I really don't know 100% what I'm going to shoot. I am leaning on my 308 because I made some rounds last year um, that I'm – pretty proud of um it was just kind of you know what i got these bullets i got this brass i'm just gonna kind of whip something together and my gun like really really liked it i got these 180 grain round nose uh bullets and i i'm really going old school here and i like it i like it It, it's it's south texas we don't need to shoot 600 yards in fact there's no need to shoot 600 yards at just about anything unless you're like mountain goat hunting or something but Really, in the States, it's completely unnecessary. And I know I'm going to, you know, tick off somebody. Well, I go up to Montana and hunt mule deer. Good for you, man. But uh, people kill mule deer all the time with bows, too, and they get within, like, 40 yards of them. So that, that's my argument on that. If you want to go, if you can, if you are capable of doing so and you're good at it, hey, I'm not going to say 
don't do it. But you have it's become this sport, this long distance thing that people are just mutilating animals at long range and you know, gut shooting them and tracking them with dogs for the next 24 hours. And then they take a picture of it and it's half eaten by coyotes and wolves. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm a big bad hunter. Well, your meat went to waste, dude. So that's my rant on that. But uh, like I said, if you are capable of it and you've done it, you know, more power to you, awesome, you know, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong at that range. And I think it's our responsibility as hunters to try to make the best shot possible and make it as clean of a death as possible in respect for the animal. You know, I also say that as I'm doing a podcast about murdering wild hogs. So <laughs> who knows, you know, it's uh, I can't really speak too much. I have made bad shots and that's where I come from. I've made bad shots on animals and I feel awful about it. You know, last year I dropped my 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 deer with my bow, and it was not a good shot. I just because I dropped him didn't mean he died right off the bat, and I felt pretty bad about it. And uh, I think every hunter out there, for the most part, you know, you make a bad shot. A lot of guys feel really bad about it. It's not something to be proud of, but uh, at the same time, you know, whitetail hunting and everything else has become such a trophy sport that. A lot of people kind of just look at the antlers and they're holding them going, I was, you know, forget about the rest of the, the, the animal. I don't care about that. Just, let's cut this head off and put it on the wall. And that's not where we need to be as a hunting society, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I have also just completely made bad shots on hogs because that mentality transfers into hog hunting. A lot of guys, it's just a hog, you know, and, that's not the best mentality I have. I think I had that growing up, and I think as I get older, I start to realize, like, yes, it is just a hog, but, yes, it is still an animal, and we need to we need to be more responsible as hunters and try to make it as quick. My wife has taught me a lot about that, being a little kinder to animals, and, uh, you know, I was pretty brutal, to be honest with you, um, pretty heartless at times, and, and now it's like I see things, and it's like, okay, um, probably shouldn't take that shot because it's probably not going to work out well, you know. Need to be a little nicer to that dog. He's faithful. You know, he's a loyal dog. She's a loyal dog. Yeah. You know, for the most time, it, I, our upbringing was a little different. So that's all I got to say about that. Going to be a little better hunter. But wild hog hunting it is that thing that, you know, I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've talked to, I've talked to countless hunters that will that will admit it and uh, without even blinking an eye, I don't even realize or I think even saying it anymore is like, oh yeah, I got that I got shot that hog so it would run all the neighbors' place and die, I want to deal with it. And it's like, man, an awful way to go. <laughs> like that's not not what we should be doing. Um, a quick clean death should be, in my opinion, where we should be going as a hunting society. Try to Try to do better, you know, whether it's in a trap, whether it's, and, and, you know, the way these things have to be hunted with night vision and thermal and, you know, in the air through helicopters and, and all that other stuff with dogs, it is not a pretty sport. It is not a pretty, I when you, it's not a pretty hunt. Um, there's squealing, there's, you know, dogs biting it, ripping it by its ears and its snout and, and, you know, its tail and the other parts on the back end. And, uh, there's 
shots from the sky. You can't control that. And no matter how good of a shot you are, you're going to make bad shots. You're going to hit them in the legs. You're going to hit them in the gut. You know, and it, it's not a pretty there's nothing pretty about it, but it has to be done. And I think that's where hog hunting differentiates from a lot of other animals, just that it has to be done. If we don't do our part in knocking the hog population down, you are going to see a major effect on all the other native wildlife. And it's just one of those things. you gotta, you got to keep that in mind. This is an invasive species. This isn't something that's been here, and it is wrecking havoc on our land, on our native habitat on our native wildlife. It's something that we have to do as hunters. Not a pretty job. And that's what makes it so difficult. And that's why these guys going out there and putting all their time and effort into hunting hogs, that's why we're trying to give back to them. Because it's it's not cheap to do it in the first place. I mean, if you're going to have any success, you're going to spend you're going to spend thousands of dollars. I mean, you talk about gun, ammo, night vision, any kind of optic now is going to any decent optic is going to cost you over 200 bucks. Um, ammo is going to be, you know, $30, $40 a box for a box of 20. Um, you're talking about if you're hunting multiple properties, probably getting some kind of buggy, like a Polaris Ranger, UTV of some sort. Uh, if you are raising dogs, you're spending money on dogs, spending money feeding those dogs, spending money on the, the dog box, you know, for the bed of your truck, all kinds of stuff. It, it, it's literally, it, it could be a very expensive thing to do. And, you know, we're just trying to give back a little here to the guys that are doing it. So very, uh, it could be expensive. You, even filling your feeder, you, know, you talk about that a lot. You know, filling your feeder nowadays, you know, almost $11 a bag for a 50-pound bag of corn. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, um, you got a $600 feeder. That's a... <laughs> That's 12 bags of corn. You are spending like $130 just to fill your feeder. Now that feeder is going to, you know, run you a few months. You'll be fine unless you're just absolutely dumping corn out. Uh, in that case, I highly recommend you cut it back. There's no need for that. But, uh, yeah, it's not not cheap. So that was my rant. I, I hope y'all y'all enjoyed it. Hope I didn't, like, run off everybody on my hog hunting rant. I hope I didn't take anybody off too much about – my views on long distance hunting, but it needs to be said. We have to be better as hunters. Um, we're, we're constantly being under attack because of what we do, because of how we do things. Um, there are a group of people out there, several groups of people out there that don't like the fact that we live off the land, that we go out there and hunt and feed our families. Um, that's all I got to say about that. You choose. You can choose to be better. You can choose to fall into it and get attacked by it. You see it all the time on Facebook. So, guys, I hope you all have a happy 4th of July weekend. Hope you all have a safe 4th of July weekend. Keep all your fingers and toes and all that stuff and don't burn the county down. And uh, remember what it's all about. Spend some time with the family. Enjoy yourself. Don't work too hard. It's hot out there. Until next time, Sonder Podcast. I'm Charlie Loudner. I'm out of here.